<sighs> Usually, I'll do my podcasts and I'll start out with your what's up. Usually, I'm very enthusiastic. I feel so happy and joyful when I start my podcast. But with everything that has been going on for what seems like my whole life and beyond now, and after the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis and what happened with Jacob Blake a few days ago out in Wisconsin, it would be wrong of me to have this platform for my podcast and not express how I feel about this whole situation. For those of you that's listening and it's like, oh man, she's not sticking to sports. Well, this also ties into sports because sports is a part of life and what's happening in America to black people is life and it's the reality that we all have to live in regardless of how much money we have or don't have. So this is how I'm going to start it today and whether or not you all choose to listen or continue to listen, that's up to you. But I'm going to get some stuff off of my chest tonight and we're going to just keep it pushing after that. What happened in Wisconsin regardless of whether or not you guys think that he went back to his car to get something or not. I don't care. How many times are black people going to keep getting shot for no reason? I know there's video out there and I've read the comments on Twitter and a lot of people are like, well, he went back to his car and he was reaching for something. Reaching for what? Because I'm damn sure that if he was reaching for a gun or a weapon, it would have been reported by now. They would have reported and say, Jacob Blake was reaching for a weapon when the police officer shot him seven times. So what was he reaching for? My thing is, why does it matter what he was reaching for? Why does another black man or a black person in general in America have to get shot? Especially in the back. By the grace of God, that man is alive, and I'm glad he's alive because too many times these stories end in fatality, and he is alive to tell his story and tell us what happened and how he went through what he went through. Because George Floyd didn't get that opportunity. Breonna Taylor didn't get that opportunity. Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, The list goes on and on. Sandra Bland. They don't get to tell their story. They're not alive to tell us what happened that particular night and as to why these things is happening still in America. I saw this on Twitter today that the last NBA game that was protested was back when Bill Russell was playing. How many out here know, unless you are a diehard Celtics fan, know who Bill Russell is? How many of you were alive and remember watching Bill Russell? When Bill Russell was playing in the NBA, TV was in black and white. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are in 2020. Whether we want to be in 2020 or not, I know this has been a very crazy year. But it's 2020. And yet, things that were happening in the 50s and 60s is still happening today. 50, 60 years later, we still got to deal with this. When does it stop? When is enough enough? I woke up this morning. Thank God I'm alive. For those of you that don't know, I do a little bit of Instacart. I go pick up other people's food from the grocery store, do a little shopping for them, put it in front of their door. You know how many times during the day I drive past cop cars? You know how many times when I drive past those cop cars, my heart rate goes up just a little bit? I have to do a double glance out of my rear view mirror or out of my side mirrors to make sure like they're not following me or that I'm going the speed limit or even below the speed limit. Being a black woman in America for me means my driver's license, license and registration has to be in my cup holder. I don't have time to be digging in my fanny pack or in my back pocket for my license and registration. It has to be visible for me at all times. I have to have my ID on me at all times. Do white people have these issues? How many white people have to talk to their kids about these things? How many white people fear what I fear when they're in a car and police stops them? Or even think about having their license and registrations in their cup holder. They just walk out their door, get in their car, go on about their day, come back home, and had a grand old day. But me? No. I go outside, see cops, I gotta slow down, make sure I'm looking straight. Don't even wanna even look at the GPS. Sometimes I end up missing my exit because I'm so afraid that if I'm doing one slight thing or if I'm even looking at the GPS, they might think I'm texting and driving and then boom, get pulled over. But it's the reality that I live in and it's not a reality that I wanna continue to live in. And as a sports fan, I wanted the NBA to come back. I was all for the players coming back and using their platform when they was playing in the playoffs. I was all for it because I thought the world needed a distraction from just the year in general with COVID and everything. But I also thought that the world needed sports to come back to unite us and to give us something to hold on to. But I was wrong to think that. I was wrong to think that sports seemed to have been a bigger issue. I'm sorry. I was wrong to think that sports was more important than the issues going on in the world. I mean, to be honest, I really don't have no vested interest in the NBA playoffs right now. I'm a Knicks fan and Knicks are not in it. So it's not like this was like the year the Knicks was going to go to the finals or something. And even if it was, that's not going to change my perspective on this. But for me, I, I wanted sports to come back. I wanted to look at something to go five months without being able to watch what I love to watch on TV and being able to talk about it 
it was rough. But I think now more than ever, we need our athletes to really step up and try to make a change. They have the resources and the platform to do so. And I have the platform to do so too, my podcast. And I challenge everybody out there that has a platform to utilize your platform to talk about these issues, to not turn the blind eye. Whatever we can do to get this country to stop killing unarmed black men and women, we need to. We need to. This cannot keep happening. For those of you that don't know, the WNBA and the NBA and a bunch of Major League Baseball games and I believe some MLS games, I just checked my phone a few minutes ago, have decided to postpone their games for tonight. To be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen. I heard ramblings yesterday that the Toronto Raptors was thinking about boycotting game one of the conference semifinals. And I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. And then the Milwaukee Bucks came out and did it today. This almost feels like when the NBA shut down for COVID-19, they were the first team or first organization to shut down. And then everybody else seemed to follow suit slowly but surely. I guess you could say that the NBA is very proactive at these things. Their players, their players are always trying to, to do the right thing. And I know somebody's probably saying, well, didn't Kyrie not want to go to the bubble and didn't he want the season to be canceled so they can focus on that? Yes. Do we owe Kyrie an apology? Depends on how you look at it. I feel like there was more to what Kyrie was saying than what he actually was presenting. But I also feel like Kyrie didn't really have a plan. He just wanted everybody to just stop what they were doing and just, you know, not play. And to me, I'm just like, well, if you're going to stop what you're going to do, then what's the plan? And I feel like over these last few days, since the shooting on Monday of Jacob Blake, I'm pretty sure the players down in the bubble were talking about what it is that they can do. I'm pretty sure the players were thinking about, you know what, what is going to be best for us. I know the last few days people were saying, well, the league won't shut down unless LeBron James says so. And part of me feels like, well, why is everything on LeBron's shoulders? I get it. LeBron's still the face of the league, still the best player in the world. You can debate me all you want to. He's still the best player in the world. But the league is not just LeBron. There's other players that have a voice as well. If the Bucks didn't protest the game tonight, if they didn't boycott the game tonight, was LeBron and the Lakers going to do it? Was somebody else going to do it before the Raptors did it tomorrow, if they were going to do it? We don't know. But even though LeBron has a larger social media platform, more followers. All these NBA players are pretty much verified on social media. All of them are connected to somebody somewhere, somehow that can get them whatever it is that they need. So they're not voiceless at all. Could LeBron's voice be stronger and make their voices projected so it's heard a lot further and wider across the land? Of course, 
but other players shouldn't wait for LeBron to do something to make things happen. And I'm glad that the Bucks didn't. The Bucks took it upon themselves to say, you know what? We're not playing today. And ironically enough, the Milwaukee Bucks play in Wisconsin, which is where Jacob Blake got shot seven times in the back. So it was fitting for them to be the first ones to not want to play. How long are the players not going to play for? I don't know. But until something is done, I don't believe that they should play. I believe that the minute you start messing with the pockets of those people who want you to play, that's when change will get done. I heard on a radio show one time, the sportscaster was saying, politicians are ready to run kids back to school during a pandemic. And they're always complaining about the issues that these schools seem to have, but they don't understand that because why? Their kids don't have to go to these schools during a pandemic. Their kids are in private school or they're homeschooled. So they're not affected by it. And the sportcaster was like, But the minute that they have to experience what everybody else is experiencing, the problem will get fixed. If politicians or people that have a lot of money sent their kids to public school, the public school system be fixed tomorrow. So much more money would be invested into public schools tomorrow if that was the case. And that's what I'm saying right here, is that if all these players, all these athletes band together, And they say, we won't play until justice is served, until we get more answers and more of these cops that are killing unarmed black people are getting arrested and they meet the demands that they're asking for. If they continue to push that notion forward, something will change. But they can't cave in and say, well, I want to win a title. Well, I want to finish the season. Well, maybe if you're a white player, maybe you feel that way because you just go back home to your big old house and don't have to worry about that. You can go to the grocery store and people may not even know you play basketball or baseball. You just blend in with the crowd. But if you're a black guy and you're like six foot eight and you're like, you know, really big and whatnot, they're going to think you play some kind of sport and they're going to probably recognize who you are. But you do have a voice. And both the black and the white players on all these professional sports teams have a voice to make things better. You guys have the resources to call up these attorneys and get them to do the right thing. Why are these cops not wearing their, their cameras on their vests? Why are they off? Why are these cops afraid of black people? Why are the black cops not saying anything to the white cops that's shooting the black people. Now, I just heard on radio show that the reason for that is because if the black cop speaks out against the white cop for doing something that he believes is wrong, then when a situation happens and the black cop is taken forth on the situation, the white cop may not back him up. He may let him get killed because he was like, oh, so you went against me? So they're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the real issue here. They're not thinking about, yo, what ramifications this could have. So are we being selfish? Is he being selfish? 
I just want to know, like, like what, what's going on here? Is, is the black cop that's with his white partner, is he being selfish by not saying something to his white partner that what he's doing is wrong? Is he being selfish by that because he's thinking about his own life and that the unarmed black man's life is not that important? Because next time they go on a mission together, he may get, you know, ran over or may get shot because his partner may be like, whoa, you went against me. This is a lot to unpack. This is a lot to, to figure out. But to be honest, I'm just really numb to the situation. But I'm going to give credit to where credit is due. But I will say this. It's just very interesting to me that when male athletes step up or when men in general seem to step up to the plate and they finally take charge of a situation or they finally put their two cents in it, it's breaking news. We're all over the place. Oh, my gosh, like the NBA is not doing this, not doing that. But the WNBA has been doing this for years. There were WNBA players that decided not to go to the Wubble this year because they wanted to stay back in their cities and continue to protest and fight for social injustice. Maya Moore, former UConn star, two-time NCAA champion, four-time WNBA champion, was at the height of her career. She stepped away a few years back. She said, I'm going to fight for this man's justice who was wrongly convicted of a crime he did not do. And she fought and fought and fought. But it wasn't front page newspapers. Maybe in Minnesota it might have been because she did play for the Minnesota Lynx. But it wasn't breaking news on SportsCenter. It wasn't breaking news on Skip and Shannon or any of these networks. It wasn't. It was breaking news at the moment that she maybe made the announcement, but it was probably really brief, right? Really brief, you know, quick blurb, synopsis of it, and boom, next story. But nobody really tried to follow up on the story too much of what she did. For those of you that don't know, the man that she was helping ended up getting out of jail this year. So she won. He won. He got his freedom back. And there's only one show that I can think of that actually kept up with her story throughout the years that she's been doing this. And they constantly had her on their radio show, was constantly asking her questions, always trying to check in with her. And I commend them for that. Shout out to the Dan Levitar show for doing that. But why did a black woman have to do that? And why did a black woman do it and it didn't get the same recognition as if a male of the same counterpart did that, it would have been breaking news. Because who can I compare Maya Moore to in the, in, the, in the NBA right now? Could I compare to like a Kevin Durant, Steph Curry in terms of like championships? Because she's not LeBron, but I mean, championships why she has more than him. I mean, if one of the big guns in the NBA had did that, they, they would have had a special reporter following them through the whole thing. You would have known about it every step of the way. But you did it. I was watching ESPN2 tonight, and I saw that the WNBA wasn't even going to play their games tonight either. And 
Neka Abumake, she spoke to Holly Rowe and she said that black women seems to be forgotten a lot, especially when it comes to certain issues. And that really hit me because it seems like we're at the forefront of trying to make things better, of trying to change things, but nobody's talking about it. But when a man does it, it's like it gets projected. And I'm not here to sit here and debate about men and women and who's doing what. But the point that I'm trying to make is that there were other people, or in this case, the WNBA was at the forefront of these social issues beforehand. Not saying that the men weren't, because obviously when Eric Gardner got killed and um, and when um, Trayvon Martin got killed, like the NBA had their t-shirts and the I Can't Breathe, they had all that stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and act like the NBA has never did nothing. But the point I'm trying to make is that the women in the WNBA, they don't make a lot of noise about what it is that they're doing. They just go ahead and do it. I feel like with the NBA, it's a lot of noise. And I feel like why is everything seems to be projected for men and not for women? Just like the whole Breonna Taylor getting shot in her own home. Like, to be honest, I really didn't hear too much about that story until George Floyd's death. It wasn't talked about. Now, I remember the Sandra Bland situation, but it really wasn't talked about as much. I just feel like when things happen to black women, it's not talked about as much. But when things are talked about with black men, it gets projected. And I just sit here and wonder to myself, well, why is that? Why does black women seem to be forgotten? But I'm not going to debate about if black men or black women's lives are more valuable. We're not doing all that. It's like black lives matter, black men, women, trans, everything. We all matter. But the point I'm trying to make is that at the end of the day, these blue lives people, y'all not y'all out here to protect us or what? Because if y'all not out here to protect us, stop trying to shoot us. Stop trying to kill us. Stop feeling threatened by us. So... My point is, I'm happy that these athletes are taking the steps forward to try to get the social injustice that we've been looking for. I'm glad that they are speaking up about it and they're saying, like, you know, these names on the jersey, these slogans on the jersey, things on the court, it's not enough. I just hope that this is not a two-day thing with them. I hope that this is not something where today they're like, we're not going to play, and then Friday, boom. All right, back to game five of the conference finals. We're not in the conference finals, but you get the point. I just want to know what's going to happen. And that's the only thing about life right now is there's a lot of uncertainty, especially with this year with COVID, too much uncertainty. But one thing I will say is this. At the end of the day, if there's going to be a change, it has to come from the people who are in the highest position of power. So for those of you out there that feel like I'm not voting, my voice is not heard, I'm not registered, figure it out and get you behind to vote. We need to vote because whoever we put in that White House come November is going to help either make the situations better for black people in America or it's going to stay the same. We need to make sure that these cops are held accountable for not wearing their body cams, for killing um, unarmed black people. We need to make sure that these changes are made because to me, what's the point of having the body cam if it's not gonna be on? I personally think that if you are a cop and your body cam is not on 
and they find out it wasn't on, you should immediately be fired. Like that should be a fireable offense. It is your job to put your body cam on when you are out on duty doing your job. Because then it becomes a lot of he said, she said, oh, well, I didn't have my body cam on. So how do you know? Like this person didn't have a gun. But then the cell phone video says otherwise. We need as many angles of the situation as we could possibly get to know exactly what happened. Because if there is a situation where maybe you are right, we need to know that. But if there's a situation in which it is a lot of times where you are in the wrong, we need to also know. So the people that feel like this is not a them issue, to all the white folks out there that feel like, well, why is the black people resisting arrest? We're not resisting. Nobody's resisting here. We are trying to understand why are we being stopped? We are trying to understand why when we're standing in line waiting for something, somebody else that's in front of us gets a different treatment than we do. We need to understand why when we go in a store, a security guard is following us around the store like we about to steal something. But y'all don't got that issue, right? Y'all can walk anywhere y'all want, do whatever y'all want. Nobody's bothering y'all. Y'all just living life. Y'all free, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, we got to keep our identification, driver's license, registration. We got to keep all that on handy in our cars. We got to make sure that at nighttime, we're not wearing dark colored clothing so people can see us. We got to make sure we don't go somewhere with our hoods up because people may get intimidated and think that we about to do something bad. We need to make sure that we speak a certain way so people don't feel intimidated or threatened by how we speak. Do y'all have these issues, white people? Because I need to know. Because from what I'm hearing on all these news and media platforms and sports media platforms is that a lot of these white guys that's on these media platforms, their parents don't talk to them about these issues. Their parents never had to say to them, hey, hey, John, just make sure when you go out tonight, you know, you wear you wear a white hoodie instead of a black hoodie. Hey, 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 Billy, make sure when you go out tonight, you keep your wallet in the cup holder. They don't have these issues. They don't have to worry about going in the store and being followed or you walk somewhere and people think that you stole something. Or if you get, if you sound too aggressive to somebody that they think that you're going to be out here trying to kill, like what? Why are we the threats? There has to be some explanation as to why white people feel that we are a threat. And let me not get into these white people that just be calling the cops just for a person walking down the street, a black person walking down the street. All these Karens out here, you walking in Central Park. Oh, he's bothering me. I'm calling 911. Or your family, if you're a black family, having a barbecue in the park. Sir, you know you can't have a barbecue in the park. Okay, Karen. But why are you calling the cops? I can have a barbecue in this park. It is legal to grill in this park. You were just grilling then, wasn't you? Or I go to the casino and I'm sitting down eating food with my friends. And Karen want to come up to me and tell me, why is your mask not on? Well, how the hell am I supposed to eat? 
I can't eat with the mask on. Wasn't you just sitting over there with no mask on while you was eating? So why are you going to come over here and tell me? None of this stuff makes sense. And people think we're making it up, but we keep getting picked on and we keep getting killed. And somebody needs to answer those questions. Why us? Why black people? Why? Why? And it doesn't make sense. And I'm not about to sit here and be trying to live in a world and act like America is so great when y'all don't even treat your people right. But yet y'all want us to shut up and dribble. Y'all want us to go and play sports and entertain us. Like like we're some kind of monkeys to you guys. Like we're 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 just we're clowns to you. We're entertainment to you guys. You're like, okay, we'll just throw some money at you and now go entertain me. Ha 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 so I can laugh. What? But you y'all do realize, white people, that a lot of the things that y'all have is because of us. A lot of the music you probably listen to, if you listen to hip hop, a lot of the foods that you eat, a lot of the cultural things, seasonings, y'all know what that is? Just saying, just saying. Y'all wanna be out here trying to kill us, but y'all like a lot of our stuff. But y'all wouldn't switch a day in y'all lives for us now, would you? Y'all wouldn't wanna be us. And I'm not gonna excuse myself because I'm talking from raw emotion and I don't think that is fair and something has to be done. So I commend the athletes that is out here trying to make a difference. I commend other people, everyday people that's out here protesting. Black lives do matter. Please continue to make sure that that message continues to get across. Put it everywhere, social media, whatever it is you gotta do. Keep on talking about it. And hopefully next time I come on, maybe I got something more happy to talk about, but don't think that I will for a while. Thank you guys for listening. My next episode will be dropping shortly after, which will be a continuation from tonight's episode. I interviewed two of my friends about how sports and the Black Lives Matter movement is going to go about. I also talked about Colin Kaepernick and his situation as well. So stay tuned for that episode, which will be dropping fairly soon. And until next time, guys. Yeah. Bye, y'all.